podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rate Don't Hate, the show where we rate the player performances from their Premier League games. And this is Liverpool-centric. I am joined by the James Milner of this podcast. He's been here since the beginning and he'll be here long long after I'm gone. That's for certain. Um, Mr. Guy Drinkle, uh, welcome back to the show. Which I was paid like James Milner. <laughs> uh, I'm good. It's good to be back. I mean, we picked probably the most boring game possible to do. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 good to be back. Hopefully, we get this back to being a regular thing. Um, ooh, Arsenal nearly just scored in the background. That's how distracted I am. Um, I'm scouting for the game ahead today. Well, that's what I'm going with there. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be back. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Um... It's good to be back, as you say. And the thing is, Liverpool are in a groove at the moment. So I'm I'm, I'm feeling very spoiled. And it does obviously keep me grounded because my wife's a Spurs fan. So we we are really spoiled <laughs> at the moment <laughs> with, with the squad that we have, with the performances that the players have been putting in. But specifically in this game, Guy, it's, it's a game where we're expected to win. Players know, you know, players have just come off of a 1-0 loss in the Champions League. Um, They've got a midweek game against Arsenal as well coming up. That's obviously a huge game. And, you know, you you sandwich Brighton in the middle of that. Brighton away, 12.30 as well, that that early kickoff. Were you worried at all that um, some of the players might be sluggish or a bit off in this game with everything that's going on around uh, the game? Um, Not when I saw the team. Before we saw the team, there was obviously rumours around COVID and stuff like that, and Van Dijk was going to miss, Thiago was going to miss, and... Turned out, I think it was only Canati who ended up missing, unless I'm forgetting someone. So, but before the team came out, I was a tad nervous just to see what the defence had looked like because we were missing Canati. Um, probably would have been Matip and Gomez, which is fine, but it's not Van Dyke's Van Dyke. <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as the team came out, I felt pretty much all right with it. Obviously, you always want to see Thiago and stuff in there, but he's had, well, he must have had something. Um, there's no smoke without fire, so. Maybe we're just saving him for uh, for Arsenal or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's the team. The team was good. It was uh, which we'll get into. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a bit of a. It's a strange one with Brighton because they've they've been a bit bogey teamish for us, haven't they? Recently, or certainly last year when God that penalty. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I wasn't nervous, but maybe it's just a Liverpool thing. But do you remember when we just could not win half twelve games? <laughs> the early clock days were half twelve. It was like, oh, well, we've lost or drew this one, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't too bad ahead of this one, to be fair. Yeah, especially especially the post Champions League twelve thirty games. Those yeah. those were the the, the absolute killers. Um, yeah, from my end, just on that team team sheet rumors of who's playing or who's not. I don't go on Twitter purposefully for that reason. You know, close to kickoff or as it's heading towards kickoff, to avoid those things. Like, nothing pisses me off than people speculating about who's playing or who isn't, purely because about 80% of the time, it ends up being, oh, actually, that player is fit, or, oh, actually, this player is not playing. Um, And as you say, you know, you're saying there was commotion uh, with regards to 
who had COVID, who was fit, etc. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely didn't even know there was commotion, as I said, because I just switch off um, from Twitter in those situations. I don't see the point for me personally to stress myself out with things that I can't control. Um, if I was selecting the team, maybe I'd pay a bit more attention to it, but um, I don't. So, yeah, couldn't care less. Um, and especially with this team, with the way that they're playing, surely they've garnered enough uh, trust to for whoever then does play that they get the job done. And thankfully, they were able to get the job done in this one guy. Some would say a professional 2-0 win or routine 2-0 win that you want away from home after having played a Champions League game and with a big game coming up in midweek. But it wasn't all too routine, guy. They started the game off really well in the first 15 minutes and caused us a few problems. And the reason I start with that is because, as as is tradition, we start at the back and we work our way forwards. Allison had quite a bit of work to do in this game. Uh, what did you make of his of his performance? I see you've given him an 8 in your score here. Yeah, I thought Allison was really good. He didn't have loads of stuff to directly do, but what he had to do was pretty much spot on and then just keeping his concentration and stuff like that where claiming crosses, passing out from the back. You know Allison always has that odd slip passing him where he goes to the halfway line on the ground to the opposition team. It's like nothing, I can't remember anything like that happening. But I thought he was just really good in this game, like, Probably more so towards the end, because, well, before we start recording, I said, I'm not sure what to give the subs, because they came on and we started playing worse. <laughs> so, um, But as soon as our subs came on, they kind of grew into the game, and then we saw Allison make a good save. I can't remember who it was from. Um, but then he just kept, he, he, sweep, he swept up really well a, a couple times in the later stages of the game. As you said, um, Brighton started the game as well. I can't remember him having to make many saves in that period, but... Um, yeah, I, I thought what he had to do, he did perfectly. So, yeah, I went for an eight with that. If he was a bit more busier, probably maybe go a bit higher. But, yeah, he, I thought he was spot on. And I'm I'm like I'm liking the scruffy hair look as well. It seems to be his best form form hair. Because, like, that's how we judge Allison. It goes by hair. <laughs> it's hair and beard. Oh, remember the pawn tash. The pawn tash combo oh, was the wow. best. But he, he, this seems to be his best form for me. He's absolutely spot on at the minute. And and just in time for a very, very important time of the season for us. So it's good news. I mean, AI subscribers gave Allison a 7.6 in this one. I was with you with the 8. Mm-hmm. I gave him an 8 as well. And I suppose 7.6 is close enough to 8. As you're going to get, uh, really, when, when you look at the performance of our goalkeeper. As you said, maybe not peppered with shots on target and stuff like that. But... and and. In another situation, you'd want to give him more. But I think the thing is, he came up big in the important parts. He kept his concentration in the important parts. It's really hard for a keeper when you're not being peppered with shots to get your eye in and and your concentration going. But his reflexes were there when they were needed. Um, he, he he skirted with the side of the box as well, but judged it perfectly uh, at one point uh, <laughs> when when he was playing sweeper keeper. So he he had it all in this game, and maybe in 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 another situation, this is going to be you know a game where it's really really crucial for us that he he gets big saves in, even though he's not being peppered. But yeah, I was really impressed with his um, concentration levels. Really happy that he was able to keep a clean sheet in this one. I thought he deserved it. And what he allowed us to do is to just get a hold of the game because it did take us a while to get control of the game. And if you then concede in that time period, it's very easy for Brighton to then get really up for it. The crowd will get up for it. But having Allison there just allowed us to take a bit longer to get settled into the game and and he 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 keeps us in games or keeps us ahead in games in in really key situations so it's good good to have him there guy we move on to our center backs in this one um joel matip and virgil van dyke now i see here you've given van dyke a seven and matip an eight and i'm looking at ai pro subscribers here and and they're Similar thinking, because a 7.1 for Van Dyke and a 7.8 for Joel Matip. Um, I gave Joel Matip a 9. Maybe I was being a bit too generous, but 
You're never too generous with Joel Matip. I, 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 I struggle to to see where he really went wrong mm-hmm. uh, in this game, and and maybe it's it's a fact that it's not a uh, it's not it's a performance against a team that you expect it to beat. So maybe you know the performance isn't seen as a, a, as a vital important you know performance against a big team or something like that but i genuinely thought there were times where he made some recovery runs i mean there was a time when on on the left hand side of the pitch they went on a break and i'm sitting there thinking oh joel matup's been done for pace here and he just finds another gear which is very impressive gets a block it, it it ends up going for a corner but that was a chance for them to to get back into the game i thought and then obviously the big moment for the game for me that joel matup um pass into diaz i mean absolutely majestic so majestic that the commentators assumed that trent made the pass they were talking about how great Trent's pass was <laughs> only to see the replay and realize oh it's Joel Matter. so so that's how good that was um Van Dyke a solid game I gave him a seven so I think everyone's in unison with that one from me to you and AI pro subscribers I thought a solid performance nothing too special or anything but for me Matip was the standout in 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 that centre-back pairing yeah, and it's almost it's almost for the attacking side as well because I think as as we said with Allison, it wasn't overly tested, and when he was, I don't think it was much to do with the centre back. I think I remember the odd occasion where they ran off the back of Matip like once or something like that, but uh, I think that what separated them the most was Matip's attacking, like not even just the beautiful pass for the for Diaz's goal. He just seemed—he just seemed to be striding in the midfield. Well, he always does that, but he seemed to be doing it really well, passing out from the back. They—they they both do it brilliantly. So yeah, he—he's certainly Smatip was certainly great in this game. Like it's been a straight because he won Player of the Month, and I think most people have been saying this. Like it's probably been his worst month. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in this game, I thought he, he looked—he looked composed. He, he looked great on the ball, as I say. But yeah, I, I, one of our highest. Uh, rated, rated people in the team. I, 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 I probably, I think most people would agree with that. So yeah, eight. I'm, I'd be happy with a nine as well. Maybe he's your Fabinho, where you have to give him a plus one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, he, he was really, he was really good. It's really good, and it's good to see we've got four, four really good centre backs as well. Fantastic stuff, and yeah, they they can rotate in and out now with ease, and and we're not too too worried about which um, pairing that. Is given there, so it's really, really good to see. Um, but we'll move on to our fullbacks. Obviously, Trent Alexander Arnold, and then Robbo's in there as well on the left-hand side. Now, I mean, in terms of score, um, in in terms of player ratings, I see here the AI subscribers have got a slightly higher rating for Trent. So, seven point oh for Trent, a six point seven for Robertson, and I see for you. They've both gotten sevens. I mean, it, it's splitting hairs really here. I've gone with sevens as well, so we we are in sync with that one. Maybe not so much with the centre-backs, but certainly with the full-backs, where it's a solid performance, nothing too you know extravagant, nothing too special. Robbo, bless his heart, is terrible at shooting. That, that, <laughs> that's just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, the amount of chances he gets. He's getting to that point where, like... There was a time when Joel Matip used to always get headers from corners and just never used to put one in. And you're thinking, he's due one. He's due one. Surely he's due one. I mean, surely Robbo's due just, uh, you know, a, a goal where Trent floats it all the way across the box and Robbo has to, um, you know, just blast it into the top corner at, at some point in time. But I don't think this game was necessarily anything to write home about for the fullbacks. I think... Um, they were held to be honest in this game because you had the likes of Lamptey bombing forward on the right-hand side and then Solly March stepping in there as well. Um, it, am I being harsh here? Was, was there anything that stood out for you with them? Uh, not stand out, no. I think, they de- I think they both defended really well. As you say, Lamptey's a, a huge threat, but Cucurella gets forward quite well on the other side as well. They, don't, they didn't really play with wingers that much. I think March kind of did, but mo- most of their threat came from the narrow position, so I don't think they had loads to do defensively, but I think they really 
they held the centre-backs at times. I thought they were just both fine. If I could give 0.5, maybe Trent a smidge more, because I think he was a tad more involved um, going forward. But I don't think it was huge enough to give one a, one a 7, one a 6, or something like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think they were both about the same. Maybe Trent a tad better, as, as the um, as the AI-rated people did. But, uh, yeah, just a kind of a quiet game. Almost like a, a normal full-back game for them, <laughs> where they, they usually... Uh, much more involved, but yeah, maybe they just want, didn't want um, the midfield overrun, and we know Trent and Robbo can help out there as well. So yeah, yeah, just both a fine game from them, really. Awesome stuff there. Now let's move swiftly on to our midfield three. So you know we had Fabinho, Henderson, and Cater starting this one. Um, for what it's worth, you know, there's been you know Henderson. He had not so great a start to the season, had a couple of good sub appearances and some starts, you know, recently that have been good, but it's not been a great season for him. But one thing I do like when he does play that eight on the right hand side is at least he's willing to be on the touchline on the right hand side. So that allows Mo Salah or and or Trent to come inside if need be. Whereas when he's not there, it seems no one is willing to do that, you know, overlap run for mm. Mo to to just allow him more space. And so I, I was happy to see that in this game, even though I do think I prefer him playing as a six against weaker teams um, as a role going forward. But that's just a personal preference. But in games like this, I, I, I really appreciate him being that willing runner on that right-hand side just to create a bit more space for Mo. And if he's the only one that's going to do that, I can see him playing a lot more games because we need that. We need to create space for Mo on that right-hand side. But in saying that, um, I gave him a 6. I see AI Pro subscribers gave him a 6.2. You've gone with a 6 as well and a 6 for Fabinho too. Um, I'm I'm more interested in the Fabinho 6 because I think it's quite everyone's gone either six and then and then 6.2 average for for ai pro subscribers with henderson so i think it's one of those where an okay performance um more to do with how many minutes he got into his legs i was surprised he he went all the way to 86 minutes i Mm -hmm. I would have expected him to come off a bit earlier but you know maybe that was the plan to try and see how long he can go in this game but yeah uh, apart from the the fact that I did appreciate him making that overlap run on the right-hand side, I didn't think there was anything too special to discuss for him. So if you do have anything, you can throw in there. But Fabinho is interesting for me because me and the AI Pro subscribers bang on seven rating for him. So a 7.0 average for the AI Pro subscribers. You've gone with a six here for Fabinho, who's usually the guy you rate higher than anyone else. So it, it must is. have been a shocker for What was that? I controlled myself to do. That's what I did. Because I had him (laughs) down as a seven. And I was like, all right, let's have a little look here about. Because I don't remember him doing loads. So I was like, I'll check sofa score and all that stuff and all the snap stuff. And him and Hendo were about the same. I was like, yeah, Hendo was pretty bad on the ball. But Fabinho, obviously different roles and stuff like that. But... I just don't remember Fabinho doing loads. Like, although the middle was congested, I, I felt like I don't remember him smashing. Do you know them Fabinho tackle where you just remember the tackle? You just yeah. I don't remember loads of them in this game. So yeah, I thought it was almost a quiet one from Fabinho, and it's it's just a strange one. Whereas the next midfielder, I think I remember him being a much more busier. But kind of, I just. Like, I had Fabinho as a 7, because initially I thought, probably still do. I think he played probably better than Henderson, but I don't think he was that much better that I could put him the same rating as Naby, which we'll talk about in a sec. So I kind of just defaulted to a 6. I don't think he was bad by any stretch. I don't think Henderson was too bad. I think, well, some some passes Henderson played were really bad. I'm sure people remember when we were on the break, and he put it out for a throwing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I thought it was just a strange game from them both. I think if I could do six and a half, I'd probably do that for for for, for, for Fabinho. Too many Fs in there. Um, but yeah, Henderson, yeah, it, it, it's not been the best season from him, as you say, but 
he's probably starting. No, I say starting on past glories. That's probably a bit harsh, but well, the way Naby's playing and Thiago and Fabinho are usually defaults if everyone's like fit and not in rotation and stuff like that. But it, it's nice to have. But I'd say it's between Naby and Hendo for that other side. I think Klopp would pick Henderson ninety nine percent of the time. But yeah, I just thought it was almost a a muted game from Fabinho, whereas Henderson. I think he worked well off the ball, but on the ball he was kind of bad. <laughs> so, yeah, a mixed day for him and and Fabinho just kind of quiet. And he well, and he got booked for a, a perfectly good tackle as well, which isn't his fault. But hey ho, Mike Dean and the boys. Um, but yeah, not, I don't think it was the best day from them too. That's how I'd put it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um. The interesting thing, I do appreciate the Fabinho yellow card that he did get because they were on the counter-attack and he was basically saying, either you or the ball's going past, not both. And those kind of tackles from your defensive midfielders are needed in at certain points. And being able to judge when you make that challenge, uh, I think, is, is really, really uh, good to see many players, you see them just let someone go past because they don't want to take a yellow card there. Um, yeah, so good note there for him on that one. But yeah, other than that, um, let's move on to the midfielder that I think everyone would prefer us to talk about a lot more. Although, I'm wondering if we have some sort of rose-tinted glasses for Nabi Lad because Nabi gets a 7 from you. He gets an 8 from me, mm-hmm. but AI Pro subscribers don't seem to agree with us. They've got a 6.5 for him. So they've said Fabinho 7, Henderson a 6.2, and Naby a 6.5. So not as highly rated as um, yourself or me uh, for Naby in this game. From from my perspective, I thought he was driving with the ball really well. I thought he was covering defensively really well. Um, in that position on the left-hand side that we know isn't necessarily the most creative position in terms of being on the edge of the box getting shots away or you know those last passes in the final third that tends to be more on the right hand side of our midfield three the one on the left is more control the tempo of the game make sure you're covering spaces and make sure you're making runs for people and always being available for the ball so from that perspective i thought he executed that really well um what what was your thinking for for your seven for Naby? Pretty much the same. I thought I thought he pressed really well. I thought he was the most combative midfielder, which considering the other midfielders were Fabinho and Henderson, says quite a lot. I know Naby you always see the stat packs after the after the game, and it's like he had the most tackles. He's behind N'Golo Kante and tackles and all this stuff. Um, but I thought that was quite evident in this one. He, he just seemed to be a bit everywhere, really. Like he was pre- I'm pretty sure he pressed the goalkeeper about 200 times, <laughs> which you don't really see that often. But yeah, it, normally it gets a. It, obviously, we're away. But if that was at Anfield, I think you'd have people appreciating that more. But yeah, we remember Robbo and stuff getting getting big praise from that. I think Lalana did back in the day. Um, so yeah, it was just I thought he was really good. He kept the ball the most out of the midfield, the starting midfielders at least. I haven't checked the subs, which in a game which was very much compacted in the middle, I think was quite important because, as we mentioned earlier, Henderson was quite sloppy on the ball. Um, even Fabinho sloppy on the ball. He had seventy seven percent accurate passing. Uh, Henderson had seventy, uh, and just to get nabbies, he had eighty five. So. Bit of a stark difference there, especially to Henderson. In a game where Eves Basum is there, um, I can't remember any other midfielders for Brighton. Alzate there. (laughs) McAllister was quite good when he he had that nice turn at the start. Um, So it was a very compacted area, as I keep saying. But yeah, I thought Naby was really good in in, in keeping the ball for us, especially especially in them scruffy periods. Obviously, he wasn't there for the second one, but the start of the game, I thought he was the one just trying to regain control of the game, and he obviously did. He obviously got us the penalty as well, because it's his shot that Basuma saved. Um, so, yeah, I think... I don't think it was like a 
a magnificent game from him. That's why I didn't go up to an eight, because I thought there was better players in our team. But I don't think anyone played to their maximum. Um, but I thought he was just, I thought he was really good in quite difficult circumstances for our midfield. So yeah, that, that's why I went higher with him than the, uh, the other two. But no, I thought he was great. I think the only re- if he played the whole game, that's probably how you'd get the higher ratings. But with Naby, with Thiago, even Henderson, I'm, I'm fine with them getting subbed because you have to protect them. You certainly have to protect them. Make sure that they're available for the games that really, really matter. But I guess in the Premier League, every game matters for us when we're chasing Manchester City. Um, yeah, may, maybe from the subscribers' point of view, I'm trying to think from their point of view why it's not as high as rating as, as myself and you. Maybe it is to do with the fact that Naby's always been associated with, you know, or criticised for how many goals or assists he's getting and yeah. he but my defense again is that that wasn't his role in this game so it it will be interesting to to hear if if you I do I don't think it's it's only been his role probably the man united game off memory isn't it or in the premier yeah, league but, certainly it's strange isn't it but that's always been what he's judged yeah. judged by throughout his career at liverpool yeah, absolutely but yeah guys if if you if you do have um thoughts on on if you were one someone that did rate nabby a bit lower if you if you do want to share your thoughts with us we'll do plugs um at the end of the podcast do share your thoughts with us but we'll move on to the front line and we'll start off with uh sadio mané who um, starts down the middle again guy what are you making of his performances there and what did you make of his performance um you know, against Brighton, playing as that focal point up the middle, uh, a seven for for you from for for Mane, a six point four from AI Pro subscribers. I've gone with the seven as well, um, but yeah, I, or maybe I'll just jump in here. I think they did a lot of decent creating, but making wrong decisions. Um, when it really matters with the last pass or the mm-hmm. the shot itself, so maybe I was being a bit generous with that seven. Looking back, um, I think I may. I think I'm I'm leaning toward. I mean, Air Pro subscribers, as I mentioned, they've given a six point four. I think that's probably a, a bit better. Like if if we could give six point fives, we know the panel here. We we have to go with whole numbers. But if we could go point fives i probably would be leaning more 6.5 than seven but i just thought maybe going all the way down to six would be a bit too harsh but yeah i, I think his decision making was was off in this game uh but i did think at times he was stretching play when we needed it to be stretched he was trying to link up with everyone and as i said until that final pass i thought they were doing well up front and that probably goes towards um my discussion on mo salah as well because I mean, he scores the penalty, which is fantastic. Um, and I think, I, I think I'm now at that point, and and it, it's it's been for a couple now. But at that point, where I'm very comfortable with Mo Salah taking penalties, whereas, yeah, you know, go back a year or two, I used to be so nervous when he would step up to take a penalty, just because. To me, and, and you know, I've, I've mentioned it before, Salah is more really good at getting into goal-scoring positions than necessarily being just an outright lethal striker in terms of shooting technique. Um, and, you know, you you might disagree with that. That's fine. Um, but in terms of you know, you you get guys like a Van Nistelrooy, uh, Thomas Muller, Lewandowski. Um, that are just natural finishers that that can put the ball in the net with really good technique at any point in time, regardless of you know how they're playing in the game. Mosal, I think, is really good at getting into positions for him to take shots, and that then you know the, the volume comes from that than necessarily being a, a really clinical technique striker, so to speak. Um, so I think that's probably where my fears of his penalties stemmed from. But you can see the confidence that he steps up to penalties now. You can see in terms of shooting technique with penalties, he's definitely worked on that side of the, the shooting technique. You can't dispute that. Um, and he scores them 
everywhere in the goal. So I don't know how keepers can even guess or take an educated guess where he's going to go because he, he goes left, he goes right, he goes down the middle. This time he chose to go down the middle. Um, he's, he keeps them guessing, guy. He really does, and I think people noted he's changed his penalty technique. I can't remember the game. Was it Leeds? It must have been Leeds, and he shot two penalties in that one. Um, I think people pointed out he maybe changed because he used to just be kind of run and just sm- laces through it, whereas recently I think he's a bit more poise. Is that the right word? Technical, probably better. Um, yeah. But the, the one in the cup final, that was pretty much a perfect penalty, and this one, yeah, I, I don't, I don't rate that keeper at all that much. But yeah, just straight down the middle, I, I think he probably does favour the right hand side, and that's why a lot of his pens do go there. But he just sends one up the middle every now and again, just to throw, throw people off the scent, as you say. <laughs> but no, I, and and if you watch, he he does. Um... What I think allows him to then go down the middle is he leans his body to the right. So from a keeper's perspective, the keeper follows the body, the body movement, mm-hmm. and he goes with Salah's body, and Salah just keeps his foot open, you know, right at the end. So yeah, as you mentioned, working on that technique, it's it's really it's really showing at the moment. Yeah, shame about the rest of his game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great, guy. Uh, talk 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 to me about that, and maybe that's. That's where that 6.5 average rating comes from, mm-hmm. from AI Pro subscribers. As we mentioned, Mane got a 6.4 from them. So very similar to Salah. Uh, I think it's same sentiments where, apart from the penalty, the decision-making was off on, you know, when it came to the final shot or the final pass. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think more mainly in this regard, I think you just got to look. There just some, there wasn't, Something wasn't right there, and yeah, he just ha- obviously had an off game against Inter, but he still should have scored twice. Whereas in this one, I it almost seemed like just desperation to score, and obviously, it, it, I don't want to peddle the greedy narrative, but I think when Smalls at his at his best, that greedy narrative is nonsense. But when he's like in a bit of a slump, which he kind of has been since AFCON. Obviously, he was really good against Leeds, and he's had decent performances, but the last few have not been the prettiest. I think that's where you see the real desperation coming out, and I think this was probably the worst of the lot. He obviously gets the goal, uh, gets the penalty, but yeah, that that's the only reason I went with, I went with a seven, but if it wasn't for that, you, I'd probably be looking at fives, and certainly a six is the highest. I'd just give him a seven, because if you score, you got to you got to get a decent enough rating, but um, yeah, it's, it, it it wasn't the prettiest for him, or I think he'd agree with that, and you saw the relief when he scored the penalty, because I think that we talked about Moore's penalties there, that's probably the ner- most nervous I've felt about his penalty in a while, because you're just thinking, football does love narratives, and he's not playing <laughs> well, so you know, um, but on Mane, you asked if I liked him in the central position before I went on a tangent, <laughs> which always happens. I do and I don't. It's strange because this season Mane has obviously got, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's, I think he's still top three in goal scorers. I might be wrong now. But that was coming from the left. But I don't think he was playing the best. He was kind of just on the end of stuff all the time. And yeah. He's been good, but I don't think he's anywhere near what we we remember of Mane. Maybe he's just not the same type of player anymore. I don't think he's that explosive anymore. But he makes really good runs, and he he use well sometimes he's a good finisher uh, at the start of the season. That was his issue. Um, but in terms of the central one, we've mentioned this across the years doing this today. Where sometimes he goes superhero mode, and I think when he's playing in the middle. That kind of because that goes default because <laughs> you're always involved <laughs> in the middle. Um, like some sometimes his touch was off, as you mentioned, his decision making was off. But I thought he was quite clumsy with the ball, and I checked the stats afterwards, and I think he was he was literally our best player in terms of ball retention. So I must have just been maybe the maybe the pass was sloppy, but it still got to some people, or maybe I'm just misremembering and making stuff up, which is very possible. Um, 
But no, I, it's kind of a if if you ask me where I prefer him, I prefer him on the left. I prefer to have Jotter on Jotter or um, Bobby in the middle. But it's a good option to have, and obviously this is only three or four times he's played this role, so he's still got to develop it. He's still got to he's still got to get used to it, get natural at it. But if 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 Klopp wanted to soldier on with it and thinks that's his best option, especially to get Diaz in the team. I'm all for it. I prefer him on the left, but then you've got a decision. Do you play Diaz or do you play Mane? And as I say, Mane's not... I don't think he's had his most electric season, but the end product's there. So, yeah, it's it's a strange one. But if this is the front three Klopp wants to go with, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's we're still waiting for it to click properly, but, well, we'll get on to Diaz in a sec, but it's working for Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly is, Guy. Um you know and and we mentioned Diaz there like the guy's got um really good scores here he's got an 8 from you mm-hmm. um he's got a 9 from me um i think everything bar you know he gets a goal and probably could have gotten more but his all around play including his willingness to track back against Lamptey who's going to force you to track back yeah. whether you want to or not. I thought his overall game was absolutely fantastic in this game. Obviously, really brave uh, for the goal. Good inside-out run um, and and sticks ahead in there. You, you know you're going to get taken out. You know you're going to get there before the keeper, but you also know you're going to get taken out. And many, you know, some players might just not stick their head in there and, and try and just make sure they don't get hit but he does stick his head in and and it's really good technique as well to head it on target because yeah that wasn't as easy a chance as it looked when you're running at full speed balls bouncing just in front of the keeper who has made himself pretty big and if you look Diaz is as I said going from outside in and he's right near that right-hand post in terms of angles. So he kind of has to flick it a a little bit more left than if he just heads it normally. I think that goes out for a goal kick. So, and and then probably a red card uh, follows, but anyway. Um, (laughs) You never know which Uh, Stuart (laughs) will. True, true. Um, He might give uh, Diaz a red card for for diving there. Yeah, certainly. But yeah, I I thought his overall performance was really, really good in this game. Anyway, but but what were your thoughts on on Diaz's performance? He's just pure electric, isn't he? He he is pure electricity. He's just... It's funny because I think when we signed him, I think most people thought, yeah, we'll probably see him come on as a sub, maybe see him in the odd game, but he's been a huge part part of us since he signed, obviously Bobby's been injured, Jot has been injured and stuff like that. But it, it's really good to see how he settled. And you're right, the goal was really well taken with his head. Stuart Atwell's really bad referee. Should have sent it. Uh, Sanchez should have got sent off. Um, but no, Diaz was just our main threat. Whilst also, as you as you said, keeping probably their biggest threat in Lamptey quite muted, quite quiet. And also... Well, basically, just kept him back where in a right back position because we know Lamptey's basically a right winger. If he plays a right back, um, it's it was really good from him. He he works really hard. He's really good at dribbling, which that's probably where we've seen Man. As I mentioned with Man earlier, just a, he's fallen off a smidge in certain areas. I think just the direct running at people. Is kind of where Mane's fallen off a bit, and just having Diaz, it's almost like Mane from two years ago or three years. Time, time in in pandemics. I don't know, two or three <laughs> years ago. Um, so we've kind of just bought Mane with a mix of other people, but he he just looked really like he burnt Lamptey. I know Lamptey's not really had the best season because he's obviously recovered from a year long injury, um, but. He's still fast, and Diaz absolutely burned him. So that bloke might be like the fastest player we've had, well, since Mane was a tad younger, or even Van Dijk, who just never runs and will never know. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, Diaz is just really exciting. Like I've only I only ever saw him against us in the Champions League, but seeing him now consistently play for us, it's just exciting. There's obviously still, obviously you want him to score more goals. You want him to get probably a, a tad more better decision making with his passes. That's probably the only thing he's lacking. But we're what a month and a bit in. It's it it's scary how how impressive he's been. Like imagine when he's linked when he's found a connection with Mane with Salah with Robertson. Um, it, it's going to be scary, but no, he he's certainly in the conversation man of the match. I think most people probably have him in a conversation of one as man of the match. But he he's just really he's really exciting to watch, and I can't wait for him to even settle even more because I think. I think people have said his English isn't that great. I think Robbo said he can't understand a word he says. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's more to come. You can see that in him. And that's the scary thought because he's already probably been our most exciting player of probably 2022. And he's only been here since the end of January. So, yeah, really good from him. And what did I give him? I think I gave him an eight. I am yes. closed WhatsApp. I did give him an eight, <laughs> but yeah, he, man of the match conversation de- definitely. He's just really good, and, and the way he performed after getting clotheslined and need in the face as well or chest, really good. Because some people may have shuddered after that because Sanchez is massive, but he really stepped up and he got the goal and then continued his performance till we subbed people off and kind of went to the crap again. Um, but yeah, really good from Diaz and. Certainly, man of the match conversation. Certainly, in that conversation, um, guy. Let's move on to the subs. Unless you've got anything else to say on the the forwards that started, um, we've got Jota coming on in the sixty fifth minute, Thiago coming on in the sixty fifth minute as well, and then that late substitution, Milner coming in in the eighty sixth minute. I mean, I've given Milner not applicable in terms of rating because he came on quite late yeah. at a time where we were obviously facing a bit of pressure because they're trying to get back into the game. But at 2-0, we're looking comfortable enough to to see the game out and, and certainly get all three points in the game. Um, but with regards to Thiago and Jota, I mean, Jota most likely would have been coming on for someone else if he was meant to be coming on at that time. But we saw that uh, injury to Mo Salah, so he has to come off, uh, you know, hoping that it's not anything serious there. But Jota comes on, and AS uh, Pro subscribers have got a 6.6 for him. Um, I see you've given... Uh, let us know what your rating is for Jota. But for me, I've given him a 5. And I don't know if I've not flipped the squish. Maybe flip the, the script. Maybe starters, I was being generous. But the subs, I wasn't being generous with uh, as I look at the the average ratings here for, for the AI Pro subscribers. I didn't think Jota was too too great when he came on. I thought clumsy with his touch at times mm-hmm. and um, again added to the issues we had early in the game in terms of not being clinical and making the right decisions when, when the time came. And as I said, maybe I'm being harsher on him than what I was being to the people that started because they also did similar stuff in terms of bad touches at times, um, not being decisive and, and not making the right decisions when it really needed to count. But for a person coming off the bench, having seen the starters do that, to then come on and do the same thing, that really pissed me off. Um, and also maybe that's my you know, forward bias, having played that position more than any other position um, in my life is – you you've watched the game, Jota. You need to be able. You need to be engaged when you're on the bench and see what other people are doing wrong and what you could do right. And then to then come on and do the same things that others were doing. As I said, that pissed me off. Um, in terms of Thiago, he comes on obviously for Cater. Um, I've given him a six. Our pro subscribers gave him a 7.3. Uh, you can let us know what your score is for him as well. But yeah, I thought it was a decent cameo coming off the bench, but nothing too special, I didn't think. I'd pretty much agree with everything you said for both of them there. I'd agree Milner wasn't on long enough, and he just kind of came on to foul people, which 
You applaud. <laughs> um, I'll start with Thiago. I think he didn't really have too much of an impact because I think we lost control of the game there. Maybe, obviously, Naby got booted in the... Well, he sold, he sold getting booted in the head really well. Um, nice oh, bit of ice man. pack acting there. That was great. Thanks, Naby. Um, uh, so maybe we maybe the sub would have been bring on Thiago for one of the other two. Maybe move Henderson at the six or keep Fabinho or whatever. Um, and just have a tad more control because, as, as I mentioned with the passing stats earlier on, the other two were a bit sloppy. We maybe just needed to gain control, but one for one, obviously Naby and Thiago aren't exactly the same, but uh, they're probably the controllers of the midfield group. Um, yeah, I, I I went with a six for Thiago as well. I just thought he came on, did the odd nice thing, but he didn't really add loads to a game we were losing control of at that time. Um, and Jota, Jota's weird, like, we can't. I think we've seen this at Wolves more so at the minute because I was concerned when we signed Jota because from what I saw at Wolves, he very he's a very purple patch player, and he's had. I don't even think it's been a purple. He's just been excellent since we signed him, and he's obviously had the odd quiet bit. But since this injury before the League Cup, I can't even remember what it was. Maybe we've rushed him back or something like that, and maybe he's just not up to a hundred percent. But since he's came back, he kind of just. He's just not been involved in games, has he? He's like drifted through games. He's obviously took a penalty in the cup final, but other than that, he's not really. I can't remember him having that many chances, or just like even dribbling past people because we saw that. I think it was the league cup game, wasn't it? We've not really yeah. seen the directness from him, but I think a few of these games have come up on the right. And although I don't remember him yesterday, I assume he played on the right because that's where he replaced more unless we tinkered it a bit more. But him on the right just doesn't work for me. I think you have to play him as a nine or on the left. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just not looked the same since coming back from injury, which is fair. But with the way Diaz is playing, maybe, maybe he's kind of replaced Jota as the time being as the starter. And then... Jotter has to work his way back from the bench, but we've got Bobby coming back as well, so it'll be interesting. But no, Jotter, I'd I'd probably agree with a five. He just kind of didn't get involved and was sloppy with whenever he did touch the ball. Um, So yeah, I'd agree with a five for him. He just, I don't know, maybe he he might just need that game to reignite him, but I suppose we've said the same about Moore as well. Maybe he just needs the one game to reignite his form or something like that. Um. Yeah, so hopefully it's not something that we'll see from him, you know, too often for the rest of the season in terms of a performance, bringing out like a five performance. Um, and, and as you say, maybe coming back from injury, playing back into form, uh, we'll see if he's able to rediscover some of that form that we saw earlier in the season. But Guy, I think in terms of the player predictions, that's going to do it for us. Um, but before we go, do you have a player of the match for this one? I mean, mine's pretty obvious. I've gone with Lewis Diaz, uh, giving him the only nine, uh, looking at my scorecard here, uh, of the Liverpool players. As I said, I thought his overall performance was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Diaz. He, he was just, he was pretty much everything in attack for us because we mentioned the other two were were a bit scruffy. So yeah, I think he, he brought the fight to Brighton and, well, Sanchez Sanchez brought the fight for him as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was him. I think it was between him, Alisson and Matic. But I think Diaz, he, he was the most important in attack and obviously got the uh, the first goal as well. Awesome stuff. Guy, before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote? Um... I will be hosting the post match on well, it's not it's not just AI it's not just AI Pro anymore. But post match raw I'll be doing the Forest game, which I reminds me I need to sort guests for and actually check when we do play Nottingham Forest, <laughs> which I believe is next weekend. Um but I will be hosting that. Uh two footed with Dave. I'm I'm on, on Fridays and stuff like that. But uh, anything I'm on, I will be on at Guy Drinkle, which will be tagged in the tweets. So that is from me. Awesome stuff. Guys, from my end, go and subscribe to Anfield Index Pro. 
if you haven't subscribed already. And then also go sign up for the Anfield Index Discord channel. And especially if you're an Anfield, if, if you're an AI Pro subscriber, because there are special um, sections of the Discord channel for the subscribers, um, you get really, really good insight in there. Um, and then on a personal level, um, most of what I'm doing is on EPL Index side of things, the sister website to Anfield Index. You can go and listen to me weekly doing a score prediction show. It's called A Tad Predictable. And then also this week, I will be on EPL Roundtable with Kev DeVries, who sits down with panelists from around the EPL and they do reviewings, previewings um, of player performance, uh, you know, of, of um, each club and the club specific questions that go at that. I know in the episode coming out this week, there's discussions on the uh, Chelsea situation. I'm obviously not going to be speaking on that topic and um, so yeah it might be awkward at the beginning because you won't hear from me until we get to the next topic which i think dives into why crossing has become you know a more prevalent thing in the game of late and then there will be as i said um team specific questions for each of the people that are on the panel so it's, it's a nice podcast to round off the epl weekend and, and get an idea of where other teams are sitting at, you know compared to your team and uh, yeah so I, I do love listening to that one go check that out and then for anything else just go follow me at twitter on twitter at tad predicts but for guy drinkle for myself huge thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time take care bye-bye we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.